Welcome to the Socrates Podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. On today's episode, we take a look at a thrilling North London derby, are Tottenham the real deal, and we'll take a look at some of the other results from the Premier League weekend. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Socrates Podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. I'm your host, Jake Marchesani, and uh, we had a real thrilling North London derby this weekend between Arsenal and Tottenham, and uh, I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was uh, two teams who were playing to their strengths, and so what you see a lot of times, especially with Tottenham in the past uh, few seasons when they play a team like Arsenal or Man City or somebody of that caliber, they usually tend to play a little bit more defensive and they try to play against the team they're playing um, versus playing to their strengths. And we've seen that a lot and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And it has led to, I think, <clears throat> where that where Tottenham is, where they got rid of their manager, they had to kind of do a little bit of an overhaul, and they brought in this new manager, Ange Postacoglu, who's an Australian guy. He um, rose up the ranks in Australia. I think he coached the Australian national team for a little while, and then most recently, he was coaching Celtic in Scotland uh, and uh, had them playing some exciting football, won the league with them, and now has come over to the Premier League. And we saw Tottenham, you know, lose Harry Kane this summer, bring in some other players. Uh, they were actually quite busy in the transfer market, and probably one of the best signings of the summer is Tottenham signing James Madison from Leicester, who were relegated. And uh, he has been flying. Uh, we'll talk about him in this game. Uh, he had two assists in this game and played really well and has really become Tottenham's kind of linchpin and uh, the guy that they play through for their attack. And Tottenham have all of a sudden become much more exciting to watch, very different than the Tottenham of the last few seasons. And so, you know, it's all going really well for them. And this is a big test for them. You know, they came up against Manchester United early in the season, beat them 2-0. Uh, that was a good test. But now I would say next level up, they go to Arsenal against their fiercest rivals. And how are they going to play? And uh, they stuck to their game plan. And it looked like they said, you know what, we're going to play how we're playing now. And uh, we're going to look to impose our will a little bit on Arsenal. But then you had Arsenal who said, we're going to impose our will on Tottenham. And that is probably one of my favorite types of games to watch when you have two teams who are looking to play to their strengths and say, we're going to beat you based on what we're good at, not we're going to try to beat you by playing differently than we normally do and try to stop you. We're going to actually try to beat you and win the game on our strengths. And so you saw 
a very fast start to the game, high energy, high excitement, uh, a, a real atmosphere to this game, and both teams were up for the occasion. So you have Tottenham, who I would say, you know, they... You know the 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 NBC Sports lineup showed them as a four two three one. I kind of lean towards a four three three for Tottenham now, just because of the way they actually end up playing. Um, they really what they like to do is use their two center backs in possession um, and Basuma as kind of the single pivot. So they have their two center backs, then Basuma in the middle of them, and then their full backs actually push up and a little bit more narrow. So traditionally, we're used to seeing, especially in the 4-3-3, the fullbacks kind of getting wider and a little bit high, but the fullbacks for Tottenham are actually pushing higher and narrow. And what that does is it creates kind of a box with Basuma in the middle for them to look to kind of build from. And they're patient, so they'll play in Basuma. If he doesn't like what he's got, he'll, he'll knock it back to you know, the goalie or the center backs, he'll look to get a turn if he can. And then while they're they're building it from the back, you have their players like Madison finding some spaces, sometimes out wide, sometimes in a half space. Uh, Saar is the other center mid. You see him kind of pushing out wide uh, as well as a starting position and then kind of coming inside and uh, and and even sometimes switching with the fullback a little bit where the fullback may step out wide and then the center mid, Saar, or even Madison kind of comes inside. So there's a lot of movement. Unfortunately, you don't see a lot of it when you're watching the broadcast because if you watch Tottenham build from the back, sometimes you only see three of their players and the rest of their players are higher up the pitch out of the view of the, 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 the camera. Um, so sometimes it's hard to get a feel when you're watching it on TV how they're moving, but as they build up the pitch, you can start to see it if you're paying attention. And you know, like we've talked about on this podcast before, when you really start learning and watching more soccer, um, you're not going to watch the ball as much. And you want to watch other players, where they're moving off the ball, what's going on you know, away from the ball is, uh, is, is just as interesting as what's going on with the ball. And with Tottenham, they were they were they were very dedicated to playing their their game and then you had arsenal who were very dedicated to a high energetic press and so you just it was really cool to watch the two teams kind of back and forth try to watch tottenham figure it out watch arsenal in the way that they pressed adjusted you know um, and to see how tottenham would you know break through the press and created a lot of you know interesting opportunities and then you see Arsenal who were looking to win the ball higher up the pitch in the first half you probably say you could probably say that Arsenal kind of won the territory battle is something that we say where the the ball was kind of in Tottenham's half most of the first half but it wasn't that Arsenal was just dominating the game with it uh, they, they did kind of win that battle um, but after the first half, it was still 1-1. And you saw, you know, Arsenal, their first goal kind of came with a classic Arsenal um, counterattack. So 
what Arsenal like to do as they're building up and they're and especially in kind of a turnover situation, they want to move the ball up up the pitch pretty quickly. They like to get the ball out wide, and then they also like to use Odegaard, their center mid, as as kind of a switch point. So the ball started out left with Zinchenko uh, as they're breaking. Odegaard makes a run in the middle. They find Odegaard in the middle. He turns and switches and plays out to Saka. And that's really, Arsenal like to do that. They like to kind of switch through the middle of the field and then let their the, the, <clears throat> the far side winger who gets the ball have a one-on-one opportunity to beat their defender. And that's exactly what happened. So the ball gets played out to Saka. He starts to, you know, come in, cut inside one-on-one, and you see Ben White make a very good overlap, a long overlapping run. The challenge that Tottenham had is both players who were defending went with the overlap. And uh, so it was not very good communication. It allowed Saka to cut inside with enough time and space to get a really good shot off. Unfortunately for Tottenham, uh, it deflected in. And so you could say, you know, based on the trajectory of the ball and the goalie was reading it, it would have been, I think, maybe probably saved. Um, it was a good shot. It was tracking towards the corner. But I do think I saw the goalie kind of had it all the way. And then a, 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 a bummer of a deflection uh, by Romero takes the ball past the goalie. Nothing he could do about it. Um, but that was what Arsenal are trying to do. Now, you you see that Tottenham was still committed to the game plan. So even after that, James Madison came a little deeper to receive the ball. Little too much time on the ball, and he got picked pickpocketed by Gabriel Jesus in the 18, and he had just had a, a bad miss. He definitely should have had a shot on target. Um, so it looks like Tottenham are okay with mistakes and I do think you got to be okay with to make mistakes right um, especially under a new system but um, Pasta Coglu said you know what sometimes it's going to be messy but uh, it's going to also be exciting and they really stayed you know what I liked about Tottenham in this game was they stayed consistent throughout the whole game sometimes you see a team that they're going to stay committed to their game plan but they lose focus a little bit. They lose their shape a little bit as the game goes on. Not the case. Both teams played at a high level for 90 minutes, and it was a really good game to watch. And the fullbacks with um, with Tottenham are really making a big difference. So they used to play a 3-4-3, three, three, and they had wingbacks. And the wingbacks would drop back and make a back five, and then they'd get up in attack. But now they have the fullbacks who are starting fairly high, and what that does is once they break the press, now they have a lot of numbers higher up the pitch moving forward. The fullbacks are already up there quicker, and they are engaged in the attack. They're using the attack. They're getting a lot of overlaps. The fullbacks are also creating a lot of opportunities as well in the build-up play. So Tottenham are really fun to watch, and, uh, and they brought their A game. And Arsenal, I thought, played really well as well. And uh, Arsenal's goal they got a deflection and they got a penalty um that just means you're creating opportunities you know uh tottenham had some nice goals both were um, created by james madison for the assist young men's son with the goal so two assists for madison two goals for son uh it was a really well played match and i thought 2-2 at the end of the day was a fair scoreline because i thought both teams 
deserved a point from it. They both contributed really well to it. And I think both teams uh, now are, are easily vying for the top four. I think Tottenham is the real deal. I thought they made some great moves this summer. They are adapting really well. James Madison is looking like he fits perfectly with Postacoglu's system. Um, and they like they want to be more possession and possession um, possession with a purpose. That's what I would say. You know, I uh, let me contrast that with what I've been seeing from Manchester United lately, which I just feel like is possession without a purpose. Uh, Tottenham are looking to uh, who who else has possession with a purpose? Brighton, Man City. Uh, these are teams, and and Tottenham is doing it. They want to build up and they want to move the ball and get the ball up the pitch and keep it while they're building it and create scoring opportunities. Uh, some teams are, and I'm, I'm talking about Manchester United right now, <laughs> um, I just think a lot of lateral possession, working it around, back around, not looking for that killer pass, the pass that splits the lines, that goes upfield. I'm not seeing that from Manchester United lately, um, but we're seeing that Tottenham is trying to do that. And uh, they are a great team to watch. They just, it just flipped the script. Uh, they're so much more exciting this season. They are scoring goals. They're getting everybody involved. It's a really awesome transformation. Uh, and I think it came together a lot quicker than most people thought. And, uh, you know, I, I would say in regards to Tottenham, for the last few seasons, they've played through Harry Kane. So you're your center forward is your linchpin that you're playing through. And what it requires, what it required for him was for him to drop in a little deeper. And now you lose him up the pitch, right? Because he, he's dropping in, turning and playing or laying off. And now he's your center forward is getting up the pitch later. And they were trying to get their wingers out wide to get that. But now with Madison as the linchpin, now all three of your front line is able to be in front of him, and he has options to play it through. And so I do like that your number 10 role is the player who's pl you're playing it through versus you know what they were doing. They would only get in two or three players into the attack when they were playing through Harry Kane. Now they're getting three to five players up into the attack by playing it through Madison. So they're much more dangerous and creating more opportunities, and they're able to keep the ball higher up the pitch as well when you have more players up there. So this is this is an exciting Tottenham team. I'm really interested to see how they do, especially with no European football this season. I think they can be a real force in the Premier League, and uh, who knows, maybe maybe they'll go for a run um, you know, in one of the domestic tournaments, although I think they already got knocked out of one. I can't remember if it was the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. One of them they already got knocked out of, but uh, they are focused on the Premier League, um, and they have brought their A game. So I really enjoyed it. It was a great match, evenly matched teams, great goals, excitement, uh, really, really good game. Uh, two teams playing at a high level. It was really enjoyable to see. Uh, so it was a great North London derby. We'll see how part two goes later on this season when it's at Tottenham. Later on the season, be interesting to see where these two teams are in the table at that point. Uh, they are neck and neck right now, um, and uh, I'd love for it to stay that way. I think we want some really good teams challenging at the top, and somebody, please, somebody challenge Manchester City. 
uh, and, uh, and and make them work for it, right? Um, and so, great, great North London Derby. Uh, we'll be back, and we'll just touch on some of the other results this weekend and look ahead to this coming week and what we think will happen. Stay tuned. All right, let's do a quick roundup of some of the other games this weekend. Uh, we saw Brighton with another solid win, three goals. Uh, puts them on 18 for the season, highest scoring team in the Premier League so far this season. Uh, Liverpool also with a good win. They beat West Ham 3-1. Liverpool looking stronger and stronger. I'm excited to see uh, to see if they can challenge Manchester City this season, along with Arsenal, Tottenham, uh, Brighton, uh, maybe Newcastle getting back to form. Newcastle, speaking of them, 8-0 win with eight different goal scorers against Sheffield United. That was a first time ever in the Premier League. So Newcastle uh, looking good. And uh, they play Manchester City today, Wednesday, the 27th of September, in the Carabao Cup. I do think that's going to be quite a few reserves for Manchester City. They're looking to rest some of their players. Um, So we'll see how that game goes. I think it'll still be a good good one. Uh, Everton finally get a win, um, and uh, they look pretty good. And then City with a win, but Rodri got a stupid red card. I don't understand why anybody would put their hand around a player's throat, even for a split second. Because on replay now, it slows it all down, right? And you can see everything. So uh, Rodri gets in a little kerfluffle a minute into the second half um, at Notting- with Nottingham Forest. Gets a straight red card, so he will miss three games. And... I have said that Manchester City has had the easiest schedule. Um, they play Wolves this coming weekend, but then I think they have Brighton and Arsenal up next. Um, so it's not not looking good for Rodri to miss some really important games coming up. They're finally going to play some real opponents. No disrespect to anybody that they've played, but I just think they've... They've had the easiest schedule so far. Uh, So yes, they play Wolves, then they play Arsenal, then they play Brighton, and then Manchester United. So three of those games, they'll be without Rodri. Um, I'm curious what kind of difference that's going to make. I do think he's been their best player. Kevin De Bruyne has been out since the first game, and Rodri has really been uh, the main man. Um, So what do they do without him? We shall see. Uh, Manchester United. Uh, they sneak by Burnley with a 1-0 win, and you got to say that Burnley actually, I think, outplayed Manchester United. They looked better. They were able to possess the ball, um, but United with a great goal. Ball over the top from Johnny Evans. One-time finish from Bruno Fernandes. Van Persie-like, taking it out of the air, volleying it on the laces, Far post, um, re- very reminiscent of Robin Van Persie and some of the goals that he had. But United get a much-needed win and then look completely different on Tuesday against Crystal Palace in the Carabao Cup. And uh, you got to say, um, Sofian Amrabat made his first start, and uh, boy, did he look really good. Composed, controlled the game. He played left back but slotted in next to Casemiro a lot, which we see, you know, we see from, from teams. So, you know, he played left back, but really mostly 
in the center of the pitch where United looked more like a 3-2-2-3. And they kind of had a – I think they could really utilize this formation with their starters where you got Amrabat and Casemiro playing in the double pivot. And then you have um, Fernandez and Mason Mount playing in the two in front of them, making a midfield box. I think you could unlock a lot of potential with that and really start to dominate games with a formation like that. I think the only risk that I think Ten Hag would not want to do is if you play with like truly three center backs and then like a true three, two, two, three, um, you know, you might just have to have Amrabat or Casemiro just help cover in defense. But gosh, I think that would be a killer lineup. Um, when everybody's healthy, you got Luke Shaw, Varane, and Lissandra Martinez as your three backs, maybe. Um, not a lot of height there, um, but definitely a lot of great defenders, great experience. Everybody's good on the ball. Then you got Amrabat, Casemiro, Mount, Fernandez, Hoyland, Rashford, and I don't know who you'd want to put at the top right. Uh, they, they seem to struggle with that. Maybe you put Diogo Dalo in there and just get him up high like you see Man City do with Kyle Walker sometimes um, and really keep that kind of 3-2-2-3. Three, two, two, three. I don't know, but I think that they may be onto something. They dominated the possession. They won 3-0 against Crystal Palace in the Carabao Cup. Crystal Palace didn't really seem to care about the Carabao Cup. Um, but then, interestingly enough, United plays Crystal Palace again on Saturday on the weekend for the Premier League. That will be a much tougher test. Um, speaking of what do we got coming up this weekend, well, uh, we do have some good matches this weekend. I would say we kick it off with Brighton versus Aston Villa. I think that's a game worth watching. 5.30 a.m. Mountain Time, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. Uh, That would be a game worth getting up for. Aston Villa, after their 5-1 drubbing on the opening day, they're looking strong. They're up to sixth place in the table. Um, Brighton continue to do really well. That will be a great game. And then we have um, Spurs versus Liverpool at uh, 10.30 Mountain Time on Saturday. That will be a great game. Six games on at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, So if you have Peacock, Hey, just flip on Goal Rush, and you'll have six different games that you can draw from. Uh, from goals, they'll be switching around. They usually, they probably will have Manchester United Crystal Palace as the main game, maybe, and then they'll switch between all the other games for when there's goals or different types of action. Um, but a good Premier League weekend coming up, and then I think we're back to Champions League next week. Um, so guys, fast and furious right now, care about cup midweek this week, Premier League this weekend, Champions League the following week. Stay tuned. We'll be covering all of it and more. Thank you guys for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, remember know thy soccer. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Socrates podcast. Special thanks to Grid Lab for providing the music and the artwork. Socrates podcast is a production of Ball Watchers FC.